Brandon Bell and I are launching our own podcast here, powered by State Media. It's called uh, The Pocket Podcast, and we're bringing you everything Penn State football. Yeah, man. Uh, as we said, AB, so when he hit me up, asked me about the opportunity, it was like, said I'll be working with you. I was like, oh, that's easy. Come on yeah. now. Come on now. <laughs> we could do that. We could easily do that. We can easily do that. I can't remember a season that there's been as much hype and excitement um, surrounding the team, surrounding the program, the fan base, you know, starting number seven in the country. Yeah. 11 and two last season, really. Yeah. You know, and that's a quiet, quiet 11 quiet and two. 11 and, two. and there should be more light shed on it. And that's why I think the hype is built for this 2023 season. And I'm, and I'm on the hype train. I'm not going to lie. No, we're gonna go around. Uh, we're gonna go down here. Oh, I was. <laughs> yeah. Hey, David, how you doing? Sorry, good. How are you, Bob? Good, good. Yeah, dude. What's up, man? How you doing, bro? Good, bro. Sure, I forgot how, how deep in the sticks you were, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, though. I'm used to it, though. That's how yeah. I came up. Yeah, I know it. So. All right, get over here in a minute. Wasn't a bad trip. No. Nah, What's up guys? Uh, super stoked about this. I kind of teased this at the VIP event. Um, Brandon Bell and I are launching our own podcast here powered by State Media. Um, it's called uh, The Pocket Podcast and we're bringing you everything Penn State football. Um, we're going we're gonna to tease it a little bit. I think naturally as the season goes on, we're going to start talking about Big Ten, big picture, national picture and stuff like that. But um, we're really excited about this segment of, of our kickoff of, uh, season here. Um, with Penn State and uh, B, What's it's been a on? minute. <laughs> I'm stoked to see you here, man. Thanks yes, sir. Coming. Yes, sir, bro. Appreciate it, no doubt. I'm glad to be here. Shoot, AB put us together. I'm glad Mercury. Everyone reached out. The partnership. It's um, I think it's perfect timing. I yeah. think it's perfect timing. Without a doubt. And my man AB big timed us. He's supposed <laughs> to. He's supposed to be here or, or uh. partially involved at some point in time. But you know, he's got he's got bigger fish to fry. But we'll definitely get him on throughout the season. Um, and, and I think it's good, man. You know, we, we're kind of talking about about Penn State football and the evolution of NIL and yep. what that means in the space. And I think I want to start this off by just giving our listeners and the Penn State fan base in general kind of an idea of what we're doing here, how it got to this point, um, and, and, and ultimately what the future looks like yeah. uh, from, from a Mercury standpoint, from an NIL standpoint with the Happy Valley United Collective. Um, and then, you know, ultimately from a on the field performance yeah. standpoint and how we kind of make all of those things gel with respect to the old Penn State way, yep. which I think you got a lot to elaborate on. We both do with yeah. our experience there and, and kind of our time there um, and then gelling that and setting the program up for success in the future. Right? Yes. So um, with that, you know, I know you've you, you signed the deal We're we're, we're all here. We're both here for that reason. Uh, I kind of want to want to know your thoughts on that background, and then I can kind of dive into our side of things as well. Yeah, man. Uh, as we said, AB, I feel like it was kind of um, kind of like setting the Avengers up together, yeah. almost in a way. I, I got the call pretty out of the blue, and obviously I've been paying attention to Brenneman and everything he's been able to do so far, rising up in this game. Something I definitely pay attention to as I work in this industry, kind of behind the scenes. But I, lately, I've been thinking, you know, I, people always tell me, you know you could uh, get on the mic and talk and you should be more in front of the camera a little bit. So when he hit me up, asked me about the opportunity, it was like putting a piece 
the puzzle together. Said I'll be working with you. I was like, oh, that's easy. Come on yeah. now. Come on now. We can do that. We can easily do that. We can easily do that. Uh, and, you know, we connected, uh, kind of reconnected uh, last couple of years. Yeah. Pre-COVID, post-COVID. Yeah. You're a Jersey guy now, so. Yeah, I'm stuck here. Yeah. I'm stuck here. <laughs> happy driving. life, happy life. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. Um, but, yeah, so I appreciate it. Appreciate you inviting me in, and yeah. I'm ready to get this thing on the road, man. Yeah, no doubt. So so this this partnership's been big. Um, you know, like I said and hinted at, we, we did a kickoff event at the, at the, at the stadium uh, last week. And, um, you know, I, I think NIL is such an – unknown factor for a lot of people and yeah. i think it's partially due to the way that it was rolled out yeah. you know i think the ncaa just kind of opened the floodgates <laughs> and when you do that right, uh, right. and leave a lot of gray area there's there tends to be uh people that take advantage of that yeah. and i think you see that across the national landscape and when you have a traditional program like penn state um a traditional fan base like our like our fan base is um, the concept can be a little intimidating, it can be new, it can be a little bit frightful, but I think that this is really, really important, and, and, and you've heard Coach Franklin yeah. talk about it consistently. You know, we need to compete in the NIL space, we need to compete in the marketing and branding space, and that's something Everything. we even did since we got there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we we really flipped the script because Bill was kind of old school, right. like kept Football. it in the building, mm -hmm. more like Belichick-ish. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, a pro those coach, types man. Of things. Yeah, I mean, he came from the Patriot way. So it was kind of like kept it in the building, kept it quiet, um, and recruited certain kids right. that, you know, uh, resonated with. Right. But, um, you know, we really want to bring visibility into that. We want to continue to create experiences for fans. We want to continue to create a platform for yeah. our student-athletes to benefit from. So kind of in a, in a nutshell, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. And then we also, to Brandon's point, wanted to come together and bring you guys a bunch of media and start talking about the season. You know, I think that, yeah. that Brandon, the last podcast I did with the linebackers with Joshua Perry, he's, he's, he's okay, an Ohio yeah, State yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I like him though. But JP knows his stuff. He so does, I, I love, I love the defensive side of the ball from y'all's view. Um, I think it's very similar to mine and we see the game similarly. And then, you know, like B said, we, we go back a ways. Yeah. I think we were the two the two true freshmen in 2013 yeah, to really get a were. bunch of run. I mean, AB, you know, <laughs> AB got some run, but no, you know what did, I mean? <laughs> so, um, speaking on that, it's funny. I uh, was, for some reason, deep dive into my Facebook messages. Yeah. So, you know, they make you download the app and all this stuff. I never really did, so I finally did. Yeah. And messages from you and Brenneman, kind of, you know, yo, welcome to the crew, commitment, you know, let's really do things up, do it big, Penn State history. And we, we got to drop those in here, too. I'll send yeah. the screenshots, but yeah. that was just funny. Right at the same time, it's like divine timing after Brenneman texted me, hit me up about this. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at that, man. Look at yeah. that. It's just it's funny. You guys, you know, leading that class that you were speaking on. Yeah, uh, definitely made your mark. Yeah, well, we it, made our mark. We, yeah, let's 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 not get that twisted. We all <laughs> did. And it was it's cool, man. And like, you know, B, we never got to 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 be captains together i was a captain in 14 yeah, and 15 yeah. and you were a captain at 16 and that's that's probably one of my biggest honors in my playing yeah. career was being a captain up there so you got two guys who who did it the right way i think and and we're really excited again to to get this thing going and and what we're doing so with that being yeah. said um you know we're here to talk penn state football yes we are and i think that there's a lot to talk about um i can't remember a season that there's been as much hype and excitement um, surrounding the team, surrounding the program, the fan base, you know, starting number seven in the country. Yeah. Um, 
let me hear what you got on that. Like, I think that that's, that's yeah. a big thing. It and, is. and it's kind of uncharted territory, especially considering the last 10 years in the program right. and all the ups and downs. Um, it's pretty incredible we're in this point. It definitely is. And I, was, I had a chance to speak with some of these guys, some of the players and some of the, um, the staff. And I said to these guys, I didn't realize 11-2 and two last season, really. Yeah. You know, and that's a it's super quiet, a quiet eleven it's a and quiet two. Quiet eleven and two. I mean, shout out to that squad. As we know, the squad's changed up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, that's a quiet, very successful season, and there should be more light shed on it. And that's why I think the hype is built for this twenty twenty three season. And I'm and I'm on the hype train. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and I think last year is unique. You know, you had you had Clifford who felt like he'd been there for twenty four years <laughs> and, and just scrounged eligibility out. And uh, I thought he did a fantastic he did. job. Just. He did. Overall, and I have, I mean, I've, I've texted him, we've talked on the right. side, but like, you know, his whole path and trajectory was great. And I think he, ultimately, I think everyone's goal, especially at that position, just talking personally for me, was right. leaving the place better than hey man, you when know. he came in. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, and I think Cliff did that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when it comes to the expectations this year, I thought some of the young guys got a ton of burn. Yeah. Um, and especially on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you look at it. This roster, again, is as deep as it's ever been, I think specifically at the offensive line position. Yep. Key point, Key. Mike Yersich being back, finally got some consistency. I don't know how many offensive coordinators they've been through right. since we left. I mean, you had, you had J.D., you had Ricky for a little bit, and then Soraka came in, and then Moorhead. Joe Moorhead. I forgot about yeah. Moorhead. So you, you, you start losing the names because right. there were so many guys, and that, that's tough yeah. to really build an identity, especially on that side of the ball. Um, identity. Yeah. Identity is key. Correct. That's what you just said. And as you said, they're deep at the O-line, yeah. which has been somewhat of an issue, I'd say. Maybe we could say. But like you said, that depth, I think, is what has put us on the trajectory to be in the, the top-tier programs in the country, not just the division, in the country. And that's why part of the reason why I think the hype is built because, yeah. I mean, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it. And, and, and on that point, like the depth uh, – it breeds success internally, like not when the lights are on and not when people are looking, but it's something that I never, we really never yeah. had the the fortune of having a ton yeah. of it, right? Like we kind of knew who were the guys and then the developing guys. And then you had the, the practice, the you know, the guys who were going to make it tough at practice, right. give you some looks. But when you talk about the best programs in the country, there's always depth there, even with the transfer portal. Yep. You know, you look at Alabama, you look at Georgia, they find a way to they reload, Ohio baby. State. They consistently keep really good talent in the two and three deep, which allows them, to your point, to reload because internally they have that mindset of compete, earn your stripes, I'm going to get an opportunity to do something great here and then move on, right? And I think Penn State's done a good job yeah. of placing guys in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but collectively building that depth chart, I think has been an issue Mm -hmm. um and and for whatever reason you know consistency in the offensive and defensive court well not not necessarily defense Uh, you know you had shoop and then you had brent come in (laughs) the defense is always and then now manny but um i think just overall just that consistent turnover and stuff has been really hard and now you look at it you know you got you got a deep 10 year old line who's got a ton of experience and you know you got a roster that's competing consistently day in day out not just ones versus ones but one to three, four deep, even at some positions. Right. And uh, I think, like you said, Coach Franklin's done a good job of just breeding competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that word, compete, 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 compete in everything you do. And you see it now with the depth that they have. I mean, as we keep alluding to the excitement for this year, and I think it starts off with we talked about Clifford, and he did a great job. I believe he handled all 
his career the right way, you know, with honor. And like you said, he left the place better than he came into it. But now it's 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 the Drew it's the Drew show it's the Drew era. What's your what's your thoughts on that? Because I got some things that I've highlighted, and I think the way that they handled him coming in last year is is something that needs to be talked about. And I'll elaborate it after mm. you give me your thoughts. But what's your thoughts on on Drew's hype? Um, uh, really, the depth in that quarterback mm. room too, because yeah. Bo's not a slouch. Yeah. You know, you got some young kids coming in who've come in like they got guys that can play three down yeah. and that that was a problem for them two years Boom. ago yeah you know what i mean especially um when clifford went down against right. iowa you know oh that, that, that banged the day. season up pretty good yeah. so you know again we keep getting back to this depth thing but i want to hear your thoughts about yeah. drew and, and ultimately where you see that going i mean like you said we keep going back to it but i think the competition in that room as we know it breeds a better product yeah no matter what position it is and i think we saw that with drew coming in last year mm-hmm. And obviously, we're not in the QB room. Uh, we don't know how that camp went last year, but I think, I think Drew pushed Cliff yeah. to you know put his best foot forward out there as he obviously was going to. But you know, competition makes everyone a little bit better. Yeah. So I think the way they handled Drew, I think, was the perfect way. I obviously he proved that he belonged on the field, and he got some snaps even outside of when you know Clifford was a little banged up. Mm-hmm. But I think those those snaps, that experience is. It's invaluable. I mean, as we hopefully we'll see, you know, whether it's the second or fourth quarter and some of the blowout games or the big moments that I think in Iowa this past season, Cliff went down for a little bit. Yeah. And he stepped in there. And I think what proved that they have confidence is when he stepped in there, they didn't hand it off. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> they didn't run a quarterback counter. They didn't run a quarterback <laughs> yeah, counter. Were, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know the exact first play, but I know that corner route he threw yeah. on the money. Wasn't caught, but that right there proved to me. I was like, okay, yeah, they like this kid. Yeah, he clearly had a pretty good camp. He seems pretty comfortable, and then we saw little teasers throughout the year, and I think that was the perfect way to handle a QB controversy. Everybody wanted it to be. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. I think Penn State has a knack for putting unreal, not unrealistic, but they put a ton of pressure and high yeah. expectations on kids yeah. coming in, right? Yeah. They And I, I'm not going to necessarily zero out Penn State. I think that's, no, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's a place everywhere, right? It's the culture and sports now. But, you know, I felt it. I, I experienced mm. it. And I think Please. when they came in with, with, with Drew and there was all this controversy, you know, when I stepped in here, we really didn't have anything proven prior to that, right? Yeah. Like Matt just left, had, had uh, Tyler Ferguson, and then Stephen Bench. Stephen Bench ends up transferring. Mm, so... Realistically speaking, like it was a much easier choice, I think, mm-hmm. to roll me out there week one because you didn't have a guy who was right. on the, was on the verge of being the 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 leading passer in Penn State history, yeah. right? Right. So Cliff had a ton of experience, and when you have a young guy like that um, with a roster that kind of knows him, believes in him, mm-hmm. Mike Yersich believed in in Cliff. But they also wanted to get this kid some valuable reps. I Needed thought they did to. a great job of of like you said, inserting him in positions where he had to do things that you're not necessarily going to ask a guy who's just like, Hey, emergency, throw right. him in there, figure it out. <laughs> like they put him in some pretty unique situations and I thought they brought him along very well. And I think all of those experiences are going to stack up and ultimately, you know, there's still things he hasn't done, right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't had to go down and win a game with right. two minutes left in the right. fourth quarter. You know, he hasn't had to start fast mm-hmm. in a, a, after a slow week at practice um, where, where, you know, his body hurts after right. the previous week. Like he hasn't had to figure those things out, but 
those things come. Yeah. And when you have the talent that he does, you know, you expect the coaching staff and, and him mentally to grow and mature to be able to handle those things. So leading that up into this year, you know, the one thing that I will say is, is unlike my situation, and I think unlike a few other situations out there, he's got a ton of stability around him. Yeah that hasn't been at Penn State, like I said, for a long time. They have the ability to turn around, hand the ball to Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, two studs, one right. of the best backfields, yeah. I think, in the country. Um, Put some back. respect on it, man. Put some respect on it. You know what I mean? They got a great running game. I think Yursich has finally identified who he wants to be offensively, um, and they're able to do that and impose that mm. pretty much against anybody. Yeah, you know, that's I, a beautiful I, sight. And I'm a, fir- you know, I'm a firm believer. I thought Penn State was pretty gimmicky when he first got here. Mm-hmm. Like, they would throw those unbalanced sets in. Mm-hmm. They'd do some goofy things to kind of create explosives. Right, right, right. But now you're seeing them get explosives mm-hmm. out of their everyday, yeah. day one install. And I think that that's what you see the best programs right. in the country do consistently. Um, and then they have, you know, some wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Based yeah, upon which is what fun. They're it's college football, yeah. still. <laughs> but it's what they're seeing on, ga- on, on game prep and, and, right. and tape, right? So... Drew's got a ton of hype this year. Um, I'm really excited for him. But ultimately, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a question about Drew Alar. Right, right. I think it's a question about can the rest of the team come in, continue to bring consistency around him, and then let him grow right. organically through those experiences. They're going to be good. They're going to be bad. You know what I mean? Right. There's going to be ups and downs. But you got to really be able to figure those things out. Um, moving on, what else are you excited about from the offensive side of the ball. I think we talked about the O-line. You know, we talked about the quarterback room. Um, but I think that there's a few other positions that have some experience. And then we have some few other positions that also have question marks. Yes. And let's go straight to the question marks. I think, well, with that, like you said, tight ends, some of the best in the country. No doubt. Um, Shout out Ty Howe. Yeah, T. Howe, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I, uh, I went up the past few, uh, two, or last season, and I was just super happy to see him in the room, man. This is a complete separate ball, tangent, man. but yeah. love Ty Howe, man. That's a good, that's a core guy. That's it's an underrated piece in college football. No doubt. Having one of those guys, and still in the locker room as a coach now, you know, not every kid is going to be able to really understand that, but as we're sitting here, Speaking on Penn State football, that's a core piece of, like, the history of Penn State football. Ty Howe, shout out to him, man, running the aces. And he's got some guys in there, man, some guys I really like. I uh, had a chance to speak to some in his offseason just casually. Yeah. And I think that will be a big um, a big role or a big key part of this offense. Tight ends, quarterback's best friend. Yeah. Work the middle. These guys got a blend of everything, speed, size. They're going to block. We know that. They're going to block. And starting with those guys, I think – That'll be maybe in my head the the first read or whatever you want to say. Yeah. You know, being that we have some receivers, the receiver group I think is full of talent, full of talent. I'm super excited to see who kind of like steps up and becomes that guy. Someone has to. You know, yeah. and I think that's the question mark really. Who's going to be that guy yeah. that drew, you know, as we've seen the Godwins of the last few years, the A-Rob, whoever it may be, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah. That guy that kind of racks in the receptions, the reliable. Yep. Let's find him. Yeah. You know. I think I think you brought up a good point too about the tight end room and and you know taking it big picture, the ability to run the football and you you highlighted these guys aren't single dimensional type guys. They aren't just big guys that can run and catch and don't want to block. Right. Or or you know guys that 
can't can't move worth a lick, but will right. stick their head in there. <laughs> and you know that that defensive coordinators can kind of put keys on. Right, yeah. these guys are 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 the Swiss Army knives that the position supposed to be, and they create a ton of mismatches. And with the ability to run the football and their willingness to block. To your point, I think you have a very unique opportunity to create some very mm-hmm. advantageous mismatches with a kid who can run and separate right. against a linebacker who is reading run key first right. or a or safety who's filling in quarters in run key first and then being able to get those guys out. So to your point, I think that that almost synergistically, if that's even a word. If it isn't, I like um, it. I like it. Sounded good, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, helps with those question marks at the receiver position. That's true. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, Marcus Hagan's coming up there from Virginia. He's mm-hmm. a get guy who recruited me at UVA. Oh, okay, he's, okay. A, he's a 757 boy, Biscuit. <laughs> so Coach Franklin's poaching all the guys. Yeah, he's got Dex up there. He's got Marcus up there now. Um, I think he's <laughs> going to do a great job of developing those guys. And mm. the one thing I want to talk about, too, and I want to get your opinion on is the transfer portal, right? I think the transfer portal, and especially at the receiver position, you know, I'm not saying it's a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. but you can find guys yeah. at that position – pretty much at, Plug a, and play. at a pretty uh impressive clip they're yeah. out there right yeah, it's sure. not like it's not like finding a, a drill or a quarter right, like right. you can go out and find a guy who can separate and get you some catches and mm. get some confidence specifically in a system so you know the one guy that I, i'm going to keep an eye out on because it's kind of outside of the frameworks of what mm. penn state's done from a recruiting standpoint i think when you look at just body types right is uh is the kid from Florida State, uh, Malik McLean. Yeah, transfer. You know, yeah. he's 6'4", he's a big body, he's a transfer. Um, and then you got Dante Cephas, obviously, mm-hmm. who's probably one another, of, you know, another yeah. one who transferred in from Toledo, who's got a ton of ball under right. his belt. You know, I'm curious to see how they come in and and apply that to the new system, new 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 phase. And they had a, they you know, they had a pretty good success story last right. year with a transfer. So when you look at McLean, though, you know, he's, he's not that six foot shorter mm-hmm. guy. The transition can kind of play all the, like I said, he's kind of like that old big school body. traditional X, big body, and could be a guy if he continues to grow and continues to, to show separation abilities, big, big catch radius that can almost be a safety blanket for a young quarterback early on, kind of like Allen was for me. Yeah, yeah that'd you know? be beautiful. So um, I think that's really interesting. And, and the offensive side of the ball is, is, I think, like I said, it's been in the best hands mm-hmm. and the best position that Penn State football has been uh, in, in quite some time. Yeah. I mean, even even the 16 team that you guys played on, you know, there was a lot of question marks right. coming into that. And you guys had Saquon, you had, you know, you had Trace, you had Chris come back. Like, you had some guys, yeah. but there was still, I think, some question yeah. marks. Here, you know, your question marks are – you're saying it, right. but it's like this kid's got a ton of talent and yeah. this kid's got a ton of talent. Can they just come in and can <laughs> we make it all work? Yeah, I think – Opposite of the 2016 team, like you said, this squad has – this offensive identity has shown they can impose their will. That's what yeah. you said. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not sure if we had that. Yeah. We had explosive players and yeah. explosive plays and creative plays, but I'm not sure if we just lined up and boom, zone, zone, and just – Well, I've said that too. Grinded I mean, for six yards. Like, as impressive of a career as Saquon's had, and, you know, I got to play with him when he was a true freshman. As impressive of a career as he, as he had, when you go back and actually watch his tape, like – he had a lot of negative yeah. one yard, two yard gains, but you hand him the ball twenty five times, right. he's gonna break five. Yeah. <laughs> Something's gonna pop. You know what I Something's mean? Something's gonna pop. And it, like I said, it wasn't necessarily like dude was right. running through. You know, right. I was like, imagine if Saquon was at Wisconsin, right. what kind of college yeah. career he would have had. You know what I mean? And and thankfully, I think Penn State's finally getting to that point where they're getting back to that old school, hard nosed, mm-hmm. physical up front mentality. Um, and I think that's that you're only gonna benefit, especially right. with the stable they have right. now. So. And kind of coming back to the receivers, 
I know I say, you know, someone has to kind of develop to become that guy, but maybe they don't. Like you said, if it's an all-around kind of balanced offense, yeah. tight end, because you know there's only one ball. Right. You know, the running backs got to touch it. They're going to touch it. Yeah. Tight ends are going to have their plays, their touches, and also I'm not really going to expect – and it would be a beautiful sight. It would be fun football to watch, but I'm not going to expect Drew to drop back and sling it 40, 50 times a game, right. you know, in a wide-open spread offense where there's four receivers on the field at once. So it doesn't have to – no one has to become that guy, but everyone has to do their part and be ready when the ball comes their way. Listen, man, you don't – and I think people get caught up in that. Like, you don't yeah. – at the end of the day, football is a simple game, man. Right. It's numbers, leverage, and matchups. And at the end of the day, however you create those matchups and however you do those things, like I said, it might not be sexy. It might not be, you know, that 35-point-a-game type of offense that you want to see. But if it's effective and you win games, um, it can be death by a thousand cuts. And I think you're putting the kid in the best situation to be successful. And um, offensively, you're spreading the touches. And I think that that puts us in a perfect tee-up position to talk about the defense. Because when you have an offense like that, you better have a defense that can go out there and take the ball away yeah. and, and be stout and bend and don't break. And it, this defense is right. loaded. And they lost guys, which <laughs> yeah, is crazy. Know. They lost Keep a lot coming, of guys, baby. but this defense keeps doing it, dude. So I want to hear your thoughts on, on the defensive side of the ball. And and I'm going to let this be your part. You know, we talked about the offense. I'm, I'm just the quarterback. <laughs> right. But I really want to hear your thoughts in depth about, about defense. And I can give kind of some big picture thoughts in, in terms of my opinion on it. But yeah. what do you got, B? Well, I'll just say, folks, this is why you're tuning in to the Pocket Podcast. I mean, we know ball. I'm not going to be uh, coy about it. We know ball. We know Penn State football. It kind of give you a different perspective and um, different angle on what, what you may watch on the Saturdays that are coming. So just excited to be here, talk ball, and defense is what I love to talk about. Yeah, so. man. I mean, Manny Diaz came in from Miami. I think he's done an incredible job so far. And I had a chance to talk with a few guys uh, in New York City this past summer. And they I think the biggest thing for me is confidence. You can just see it. Like, it's yeah. it's the aura about them. And that's what, I mean, college football, honestly, like you said, it's a simple game. Yeah. Confidence in college football alone, it can take you very far. No doubt. You know, without schematics, without game plan. You line up against a guy and you're confident in that matchup, you'll go a long way. Uh, but just to see that from these guys on top of an aggressive kind of play caller it's just fun to watch it's fun to watch like you said taking a ball away I think that's a key emphasis always is as the squad knows and the guys are thinking that way it's about the ball you know balls in the air it's truly a 50-50 ball Kalen King just I think nominated preseason All-American you know that's the big sexy position but it starts up front and I think they've got dogs up front and they've got depth which once again you know, you can kind of rotate those big boys a little bit, let a few guys get some reps here and there without any slack or drop-off or expectation of drop-off. I think that makes it fun. And then the linebackers, my position, my guys, the LBUs, you know, I speak to those guys whenever I can and just really in, inflicting that confidence. You know, you're the leader. You make the plays. Just have fun out there. Fly around. And I think Manny Diaz puts these guys in a position to do exactly that. Yep. You know, Abdul Carter is probably the guy that you know everyone's talking about. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Parsons, who's the next? He's he's doing a big, he's doing a great job of stepping in. I want to get your opinion on a kid that I I, I watched his high school tape. Um, I'm, again, I'm not a big like pay attention to recruits. Like right. I want those guys to get on the field and show me stuff. But 
you know, this is a Virginia kid. He's got a soft mm-hmm. spot for me. The Tony Rojas kid. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at his frame, you know, 6'3", 6'4", long, yeah. lanky, can run. What are your thoughts on him? Do you think that he's going to be able to mature and grow up again? You had the experience of stepping in as a true mm-hmm. freshman, having to get some burn, having to play pretty consistently. You know, the physical toll. He's done a great job with Chuck. Lo- Chuck yeah. Chuck's Chuck. one of the best in the game and growing guys. You know, <laughs> Shout out to those guys, man. The strength staff. The kid's blown up already. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he's almost 235 pounds. He looks great. Um, I'm really excited to see what, what he can bring as kind of that, that Robin right. to Abdul on that side. And I think you need that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've heard only heard good things about him so far. Yeah. I've heard he's definitely flash. And as a, you know, a true freshman, yeah. that's a big part of it. You know, getting the coaches on notice like, hey, I deserve to be on the field, yeah. you know. And I think he's done that so far. Like you said, the frame – Chuck Lose, you know, those guys, a lot of people may not know. The strength staff is who these kids spend most of the time with. Yeah. And uh, Penn State's got a great one. Losey, Alvin, all the guys there, uh, they do a great job. And everyone loves Chuck. Right. And I think I think he'll definitely see the field. It'll probably be special teams. You obviously get his feet wet, get him hitting out there. And I think, as we've seen with Abdul Carter and Micah, some of these guys, you start making enough plays on there, it's like, okay, this kid deserves some reps out there on the defense and I believe we'll see it but yeah. as also we said we've got depth now so if it doesn't happen and he's here extra year shoot I'm not complaining to be honest no uh, doubt. definitely can step into that leadership role and that I'm not sure who kind of holds that right now yeah. uh, once again it's not always necessary but as we get our ear a little bit closer to the, to the locker room to the streets I love to kind of be entwined with that knowledge just to see who's kind of who's kind of running the show. Yeah, well, you think so? I mean, yeah, someone's gonna step up, mm-hmm. right? You need that. I mean, if Penn State's gonna gonna meet the expectations, someone's gonna step up on that side of the ball. Um, kind of going back to like mindset, defensive philosophy, those types of things. You know, one thing that I've talked about on the Penn State side, and I think is a really unique angle on this, is that. When you look at the personnel that Penn State has brought in, mm-hmm. they've brought in those guys that can play sideline to sideline, multi-personnel. You know, the linebackers haven't always, you know, you had Brandon Smith, 6'5", mm-hmm. could fly, was a 4'4 <laughs> kid. You had, you had guys who um, were built for the Ohio State yeah. of the world, right? Yeah. Where you're not necessarily going to be able to create matchups. Even the defensive line, you got smaller frame guys who could move, great pass rushers, right. not necessarily – guys who are going to hold two gaps yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a downhill run run type mm-hmm. of team. And you saw we've kind of struggled with that when yeah. Michigan brought that mentality in. You know, what do you see with, with their personnel decisions in terms of who they're recruiting and how they're recruiting? Because, again, I, I see it as they've tried to match up more so with the spread Ohio yeah. State sideline to sideline type of guys, and they give those teams problems. Yeah. But when you when you meet somebody who has that downhill physical run game and that type of presence, sometimes yeah. um, those matchups are tough. And it goes back to what I said. You know, football's about numbers, leverage, right. and matchups, right? So how do you think that this team has maybe – closed the gap on that? Like you mm-hmm. said, up front, defensively, on the defensive line, they got some physical guys – um, that have showed some things. How do you see that playing in? Is there any merit to my mm-hmm. opinion on that? No, um, for sure. And, and what are your thoughts? For sure, for sure. I mean, body type is is definitely a big part of that. But as we know, Michigan is kind of the it's kind of retro in that regard, right? So I think they definitely kind of molded. We need athletes on the field, really, at every position. Yeah. Just because you're 
300 or 285 the tackle doesn't mean you can't be an athlete. No, for sure. Need you, you know, in that regard to be able to move, which I think they've purposefully definitely recruited in that direction. I remember uh, maybe two, three years ago when before Pride went to Virginia Tech, just on a visit up there, and I said the same thing, like, oh, linebackers look good. These guys, you know, everyone looks way better than me in a jersey. They were kind of joking, like, yeah, we don't even recruit guys like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shoot, man. I mean, it's kind of true. Like you said, that's when B. Smith was still there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him with the Panthers. Another Virginia guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they have done well in Virginia. I'm not going to lie. Yep. Uh, Etor, that's another one. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I think the body type, the athletes, like you said, Rojas, 6'3", six, 6'2", six, whatever. Yeah. They definitely look out for that because you got to be able to keep up more so with the speed. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the Michigans and Minnesota and Iowa, Georgia. Let's talk big picture, right? Yeah. Like national championship contender like Georgia. I yeah. Mean, you know what I mean? You got to – gotta, you're, you're selecting from such a small pool, right, where you're saying there's a fine balance between being a very large human being mm. and being a really, really good athlete too. Like there's, they're unicorns, right? right? But the collective – Kings of college football continually bring in those types of guys. And if we're going to get there, I think that we have to continue to yeah. or create it. Yeah. Right? I think that's I think that's the part you look for. And I always tell people this, too, and whatever type of football you're, you're talking, pros, college, the coaches and the strength staff, you know, they put it on the onus on themselves, too, to create. Yeah. You know, development is a thing. You know, they recruit this kid out of high school. Yeah, he may not be an All-American right now. But with our confidence as a coach, as a strength staff, yeah, we believe we can build this kid up to become. There's projection. There. There's projection. Yeah, and I think the mold they start with is whatever kind of create or not creative, uh, athletic. We're talking big bodies, D linemen right now, that they can become a Jalen Carter, yeah. who's not necessarily like you said a plug up, plug up a whole thing, but he can create havoc yeah. in any way against any offense. Uh, it really doesn't matter. So I think when those Michigan games roll around, half of it is just mindset. Yeah. You know, like I was, we know what they're going to do. We saw what happened last year. Yeah. They're not going to be shy about it. We know how hard ball is. If we got to buckle up and we got to beat blocks, we it comes like it's simple. Yeah. It's not really too much schematics about it. We got to beat blocks, get off blocks, and tackle. Right. And I think when those games come around, that's – Regardless of scheme and what type of body types you got up front, that at the end of the day is we got to stop the run yeah. and make whoever lines up at quarterback beat us. Yeah. Like you said, it kind of plays into what they are offensively, like a ball control type of mentality. Mm. You know, if you, can, if you can stop those guys, get some turnovers, and let the offense eat up clock, you know, three yards and a cloud of dust gets you a, wins you a yeah. lot of football games. Yeah. Um, let those D linemen, let the guys chop Robinson, yeah. Isaac, pin their ears back, get a chance to pass rush. And make the quarterback beat you, right. you know, right. get those guys off, off track, off pace. Right. So we've done a lot of projection. We talked a little bit about the rosters. We talked both sides. Now let's, let's get into West Virginia. You know, it's coming down the pipe. Um, I think you could argue that the Purdue game was a great start off last year for the team. But, you know, this is going to be at home, under the lights, against an old school rival with all of this hype going into the program. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I can only imagine what Happy Valley's going to be like right. um, on game day and even the night before. But um, 
this West Virginia team, like I said, I think they revitalized a, a great concept of bringing in some some old school rivalries, some mm-hmm. proven programs, and getting these guys a run against a against somebody that is a formidable yeah no opponent, slouch right no you're slouch. not talking about bringing in somebody from you know South Dakota State right. or something, not knocking those programs but it, there's there's a difference in level, yeah we right? know how that goes so you're bringing in West Virginia the atmosphere is going to be electric. So on and so forth. What are your thoughts with with those kind of mixture of opportunity and 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 hype and all this stuff going into it? Because I mean, it is a ton of emotion. I think it's a great kickoff. It really is. It really is. And I think there is a lot that goes into it. Outside of you know, we spoke on expectations and things like that for certain players. Really, everyone. I think such a big game environment week one will say a lot. Yeah, will definitely speak volumes to. I'm not going to say it's going to put the season on any type of trajectory, but I'll just say, like you said, it's a grand opportunity for guys, question marks, no question marks, just to make an impact on this season and this team, really put your best foot forward. Because, yeah, it's not a noon kickoff against so-and-so college. This is a big game. And best believe, West Virginia sees it that same way. No this is the opportunity. Knock off number seven team in the country. Number seven team. You're the hunted now. Yeah. It's not really, you know – I mean, Penn State's always kind of been the hunted, but people are coming after you. Yeah. West Virginia is coming after, yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> I don't know if we can curse on here yeah. or not, but <laughs> they're coming after you. So I think that'll be fired up. Chance for them to put their name on the national map week one. And it's definitely a lot of hype. I'm excited to see how the guys react to it. Defense, offense as a whole, individual players. Just word of advice, just soak it all in, enjoy it, and it's, it's fun. That's the games that I kind of live for, you know. Right. Uh, under the lights. It really gets no better. Uh, what is it, NBC? We got Noah Eagle. Yeah. I'm actually excited. Just pay attention more to the broadcast and how right. that works now. I'm excited for him, his his kind of debut. Love his voice. And um, it'll be a good one. I'm excited to be there. You going to be up there? I'm not going to be. I'm not going to make that one. Okay. I'm going up to Delaware. No, you do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. First, first Penn State game, first experience for my son. So we're that'd we're be good about it. Yeah, you man. That'd be cool. Yeah, get Hayes up there. But you do you Dell's tough too. That'll be another yeah, opportunity for yeah, those guys. Yeah, but um, you know, I am I'm, I'm I'm really excited. And I think you know, there's so much fluff. People are trying to figure out things to talk about. And I think ultimately, you know, you really define you you, you find whether that question mark is going to become an exclamation point mm-hmm. or a period. Really yeah. fast, yeah. Um, and I think that's really good for a team like yeah. this. You're gonna you're gonna get your lumps early. You're gonna figure out where you are, right? And you're gonna figure out where you need to go. And you get a couple games before you really get into the meat of that schedule to really correct anything yeah. that may be a glaring uh, inefficiency or something like that. But again, the hype is real. I'm super stoked about the team. Um, I think that Happy Valley's buzzing, um, and uh, you know can't wait for the lights to come on and the ball to get kicked so um with that you know i really really want to appreciate for brandon and me for you guys tuning in um and again this is just the start we're going to try to bring you guys reactions we're going to try to bring you guys some more kind of unique perspective unique analysis that um i think is kind of hard to find Um, we usually try to look for for the for the the points that are off the yeah, path, in the weeds. Right? Yeah, we stay, we stay, we stay out of the, we stay off the highway. We stay off I eighty one, and we try to make sure that we give you guys unique perspective. Guys who've been there, done yep. that, seen, seen it uh, from a lot of different angles at a lot of different levels, um, and uh, continuing to bring, bring the fans this experience, and then also 
a ton of in-person experiences up at school, like yeah. I said, bringing this whole thing full circle. You know, it's really attacking the NIL, getting the Penn State community excited about what's to come at Happy Valley and, and give, giving Coach Franklin all the support he needs from former players like us, giving current players a great opportunity to continue to grow their marketing value and ultimately attract the best of the best to Happy Valley. Um, you got Always. anything to add on that point, B? No, man. Excited to get this thing rolling, as you said. And I think, yeah, I mean, when we watch the games and we see things, we read the articles, you know, we're going to see it from a little slightly different perspective, as you as you spoke upon. And I hear it all the time, former players, whether at Penn State and the pros, you know, we want to see more, you know, athletes speaking on what they've been through. They can really attest to the situation and how things are kind of moving about that people pay attention to. I know I spoke to speak to Cabenda about it a lot of times. Yeah. And just on that note, you know, teammates, you know, look out for us. We'll be hitting you guys up. Love for you guys to come join, ex-teammates, Penn State alum, you know, blessed enough because the alumni, you know, is so strong. Right. I've actually got a chance to meet a lot more older guys, Letterman. The old heads, man. The old heads, and I love it. Every opportunity I get a chance to meet those guys because they want to give back. Yeah. You know, maybe not so sure how. And even if it's just giving game, you know, come on up, hit us up. Love to have you. Love to get your perspectives because ultimately we know the fans want to hear about it. Yeah. They, they love Penn State football. And, shoot, we love it too. So just kind of give you everything we got. Yeah, I think it's really trying to leverage the community. I think we got one of the strongest, not only fan bases, but Letterman club yeah. in the country. Um, you know, I true, true, saw true. An, I was down at an event, talked to Brandon Shore, talked to yep. Lavar. You know, T Smalls is on staff. Ty, like Coach Franklin, brought all the guys <laughs> down there. Like Dion, Dion, Dion. That's yeah. a big move, man. I mean, shoot, dude. So this Letterman group really wants to continue to bring the fans the best experience, and again, ultimately make the program better and give them a platform. So. Um, you know, you guys, you guys can listen to us on anywhere where you find podcasts. Um, you can follow us at at the pocket podcast on social. Um, and again, we really appreciate you guys getting this thing off the ground. We're going to continue to pump out some content, um, continue to be consistent, continue to show up for you guys, bring in unique faces, bring in maybe uh, some not familiar faces, but people who are going to bring a lot of value. Um, and we're super stoked about this. So yes, sir. with that, this is the pocket with Christian Hackenberg. Be bell. And we'll see you guys soon.